Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host. Thanks for joining us on one of the 42 radio stations on iTunes, on YouTube, or on our show website, CREshow.com. Our topic today is investing in real estate. So first of all, we're going to talk about timing, right? We're going to talk about cycles and what's important uh, about the timing to invest in various types of real estate. Then next, we're going to talk about some of the different property types. We'll talk about some of the benefits and detriments of the various sectors in residential and commercial real estate. After that, we're going to talk about single-tenant net lease properties and sale leasebacks. Uh, those are great opportunities for small investors uh, to get into the market without much management. Uh, second, after that, we're going to talk about crowdfunding. Crowdfunding has, a, has become very big in real estate and in commercial real estate. And it's interesting because you can invest as little as $5,000 in individual properties and loans on specific properties around the country, very large properties to, to small to medium properties. So it's a credible opportunity for investors and sponsors who are buying properties. And then last, we're just going to share some tips for buying and selling real estate uh, so that you can have great investments. Is it time to buy or is it time to sell? Well, there's been some recent articles and some major publications that suggest that we're at the top of the market and that the prices will never be higher and cap rates are never lower. I would caution you about that. Uh, what they may be talking about mainly are core institutional quality assets in the gateway cities. Uh, in other words, uh, some of the sexy six cities like New York and San Francisco, where large properties that are very core, uh, nice properties, and are trading at really low cap rates, some as low as 3%. And as most of our listeners know, uh, cap rate is the same thing as your cash on cash return uh, the first year that uh, you're in the property uh, if you don't finance it. So, uh, you know, 3% is, uh, looks like a pretty low return. Uh, and that's what, what, uh, what some of the pundits are saying about commercial real estate. But, you know, you also have the secondary markets, the secondary tertiary markets. You also have lower class properties, B properties, C properties, and I do not believe that they're at the top of the market. I think there's a, a lot of room for appreciation in B apartments, for example, and in C apartments and uh, in other classes and smaller properties all around the country. Another thing that people like to look at on timing are the cycles, and commercial real estate does cycle. Uh, the question is, you know, how deep is the cycle? How long is the cycle? You know, so you have a recession, then after the recession you have the recovery, uh, then you have expansion, which is probably where we are with most property sectors and property types around the country. And then you have contraction, where it becomes a little more difficult to lease space, maybe vacancy starts increasing, getting toward a recession. You know, this good cycle we're in is a little long in the tooth, but I think the, there's reasons for that. And uh, people feel pretty comfortable with commercial real estate, uh, with apartments uh, right now because of a lot of the indicators. If you look at uh, occupancy is gaining in most, most sectors, or all sectors, but in most properties. You also have occupancy that it's increasing. So rates are increasing, occupancy increasing. There's been a severe lack of new construction. And I think that's been great for commercial real estate uh, performance-wise. Uh, you also have the economy slowly improving, so you have more jobs, you have more people needing retail space and office space. And a little bit later, we're going to get into some of the various sectors 
and how some of the economic indicators are impacting the various sectors for you to think about what type of property you want to get into. Now, you may be investing in large institutional quality properties uh, around the gateway markets, or you may be investing in medium-sized properties or small properties. You might be able to invest, you might be an investor that, hey, I'm going to put $5,000 going online and invest that. So understanding how the timing works can be very important. And if you look at where we are now, we are in a, in a recovery or expansion depending on the property type and area, right? So like in Atlanta, you know, we're probably in an expansion mode is where we are on most all of our property types. Although there's certain, certain uh, pockets of Atlanta that are still in recovery. Uh, there's still some foreclosures. So there's opportunities everywhere you go. Another reason the timing is interesting right now, whether you're a buyer or a seller, are the current interest rates. Right? Interest rates are at historic lows. Everyone expects interest rates to rise. Uh, they expect it to be slowly, but it will impact the market, uh, some more than others, which we'll talk about. Is it time to sell? Well, it is time to sell a lot of properties, uh, a lot of assets. Uh, as we talked about uh, core institutional quality assets in the major cities, it's a great time to sell those properties, uh, take that money out of the market and uh, diversify it and do whatever else you want to do. So it is a good time to sell a lot of properties in the commercial real estate and multifamily arena. Of course, the timing to sell should not just be based on the market. Uh, you also want to think about many other factors when it's time to sell. Think about the capital improvements that you've done to the property or that are going to need to be done. Look at your, your loan maturities. Do you have a loan maturing in a year that's going to be costly to refinance? Of course, you've got to look at your investors in the deal. Is it time to, to get them out of the uh, transaction? You also want to look at your current leases. You know, If you've got major tenants and the term on their lease is getting uh, shorter, then you may want to look at the timing there. Do you need to wait till you... Um, extend that lease term or do you need to go ahead and sell before that lease term gets even shorter? Uh, that can be real important in single tenant net lease properties uh, and anchored properties where you have some major tenants with some short lease term. I'm often asked what should you look for when you're trying to buy a commercial investment property? Well there's a lot of things. First of all you want to understand your goals. You know, what uh, is the diversity you need in your portfolio, investment portfolio, in your real estate portfolio? Are you looking for something that's very safe? Are, are you looking for something with a little upside? Um, so, you know, on the safe side, a lot of people like the single tenant net lease properties uh, that we're going to talk about. Fairly low returns for real estate, uh, but very, very safe. Uh, if you're looking at higher returns, you may want to look at some more value add type properties. And then you might want to look at some of these types of factors. Look for properties that are not performing as well as their peers. So if you look at similar properties in a submarket that the property competes with, and they're all, say, 90-95% occupied, and you're looking at a property that's 85% occupied, and you can buy it on a cap rate that makes sense on the existing income, then you may have a property that you can create some upside with better leasing, uh, with better management, uh, look for opportunities there. Uh, a good broker in your market area that specializes in the property type can help you identify uh, properties where you may have some upside. So if your broker calls you excited about a property, uh, listen to them and look at it. The other thing you like to do is, is look at areas that you think are going to experience job growth and population growth. 
you know so um, you know the growth in population growth in demand uh, can fix a lot of problems in commercial real estate uh, so if you have uh, a value-add type property look for areas that you think are going to show uh, great growth and if you want to know more about uh, some of the aspects that are going to control uh, real estate investment, commercial, multifamily, or otherwise, you know, on the Commercial Real Estate Show website, you can look at sector-specific searches. Uh, you can look and, and listen and watch shows that we've done on various specialties that we've done and that we're going to continue to do. So you get an idea of opportunities and best practices to invest in real estate. And sometimes people question, you know, why real estate over other investment alternatives? Well, there are some benefits to real estate. And if you look historically, uh, commercial real estate has outperformed the stock market. Uh, you also have your own destiny in your control, right? You control your own destiny. So you're not in the hands of people that you don't see or can't touch or can't talk to, right? Uh, you know what's going on with the property or you can know if it's a smaller property or if you buy the property separately or with partners, you have some control. Uh, the other, some other benefits include the benefits of positive leverage, right? And the benefits of leverage. So instead of investing $5,000 in the, uh, or say $100,000 in the stock market, you invest $100,000 in real estate, uh, finance $400,000, uh, then you have the benefit of the positive leverage on the $400,000. For example, if you finance the 400000 at 4% and your cap rate on the property is 7%, uh, you have the spread there on the $400,000. And you also have some other benefits. You also have principal reduction. I know one of the things that I enjoy about the commercial properties that I own, when I look uh, each month and each quarter, each year at the principal reduction that's happening on the loans. So no matter what happens with the cash flows on the properties and the values, uh, you know, the tenants are helping pay down the mortgage on those properties uh, every month and every year. So kind of a built-in savings account. Also, it's a tangible asset, right? You can look at it. And there's all types of property types to consider. Lots of different ways to invest in real estate, large and small. We're getting into some of those sectors. We're going to look at some of the benefits and some of the detriments of the various sectors. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Hey, make sure you catch us next week. We're going to have Mitch Rochelle here in Studio One. We're going to go over the emerging trends in real estate 2016, the great report that's done by ULI and PwC each year. So be sure and join us next week. This week, we're talking about investing in real estate. Now we're going to talk about some of the various property types and some of the benefits and maybe possible detriments of the various property types. And one of the things that a lot of individuals invest in are single family homes, uh, condos and things. And I know a lot of people have done well with that. And a lot of people have also been burnt by it uh, in the past downturn. And I'll give you some, uh, some of my ideas on the single family housing market. First of all, if you don't own a home, I would suggest buying a home. I mean, I think it's a great investment uh, if you're going to live there uh, and you need a place to live. So I'm an advocate of buying your own home or condo uh, to live in. When it comes to buying single-family properties and condos for investment, uh, there are some challenges with it. 
Uh, and I have owned uh, a management company where we've managed all sizes and types of properties, including some of our investors that had larger properties that had some homes and condos. And some of the detriments that I saw is one, when a tenant leaves a single family home, for example, uh, you've got uh, a lot of costs there. You know, first of all, you have no income on the property. Uh, you have grounds that are probably going to need to be kept up. You might have a complete home that needs painted on the interior and carpet. You might need new countertops. Uh, until you lease it, you have no uh, income. Uh, while it's vacant, you have more security issues. And, um, and then you also have the utilities and things that you may have to keep uh, going uh, while the property is vacant. So, you know, when you think about single-family homes, they're not really made for investment. And I know a lot of my listeners out there are saying, well, look, I'm doing pretty good with it. Uh, there's also big companies that have invested in a lot of these homes. But I tell you, they are experiencing the challenges of managing these properties uh, when they all have their own roofs and they're all in different locations. Uh, it, it can be very challenging. And you're dealing with families, you're dealing with children. Um, so as an investor, I think it can have its challenges. Um, and if you do well in single family, good for you, keep doing it. Uh, what I would suggest though, if you like uh, residential uh, rental properties is look at apartments. You know, you can buy small apartment deals. Obviously, you can buy the multi-million dollar apartment complexes that, that we sell at our firm of all sizes. You can also buy smaller properties in a lot of markets that are maybe closer to your home from 10 to 20 to 40 unit buildings, 60 unit B, C-class properties, uh, down to quads and, and duplexes. And uh, I even have seen investors with four unit buildings uh, that do well. I mean, because if one unit vacates, you know, they're turning an apartment like that. It's a couple hundred bucks to put a coat of paint and clean it. They have three other tenants paying the rent. They don't have the security issues. And uh, more of the expenses are built in those transactions to maintain them uh, while they're vacant. Uh, multifamily can have uh, can be safe properties uh, with long-term mortgages with no balloons sometimes uh, because of Fannie and Freddie. So, you know, I like multifamily. As far as the outlook for multifamily, I think a lot of people uh, have some concern over multifamily because there's been a lot of new construction. Uh, but, you know, all the indicators are suggesting that there's going to be plenty of demand. You, obviously, you want to look at each market independently and you want to study each market and the growth there that is expected. But overall, the apartment market is expected to continue to do well, not as well, not uh, the rapid increases in occupancy and rates that we've seen over the last several years. That improvement's expected to slow down, uh, but it's still continue to improve at a great rate. So, you know, I like apartments. There's also a lot of opportunities in B and C apartments. Um, you can also invest in apartments with um, a general partner that you invest with, and we'll talk some more about some of those opportunities. But let's go on to industrial. You know, industrial properties have done extremely well. Of course, the very large industrial properties have done well, and now some of the smaller to mid-sized uh, industrial properties are starting to do well. So there's lots of investment opportunities there and core institutional quality assets uh, down to mom and pop type rental properties that may be closer to your home. So I definitely look at industrial properties as a nice uh, property type. You want to look at things like functional obsolescence, uh, the parking, the access, uh, the utilities, uh, the power. Um, obviously, you want to look at the uh, rates and, and, and market area statistics 
and demographics on any of these properties that you're buying. Let's talk about the office market. I think the office market has some great opportunities. You know, I think uh, there's been a severe lack of new construction in the office market. We're starting to see more job growth, stronger economy. So I think there's a lot of opportunities in the office market. Now, one of those opportunities may be your own company, a company where that you, if you own a small company or you're a leader in a small or even a mid to large size company, you know, owning your own real estate can be an advantage. You can be your own best tenant. For example, when I started my company back in 1998, I bought a small building. Uh, we occupied part of it, uh, rented out the rest which was important because we did grow and we grew fairly quickly. So we were able to uh, move tenants to other locations and grow the business. Now eventually we did uh, outgrow that building and now it's uh, still on it. We lease it to, to another company. But uh, you know, being your own tenant can be a great investment. You know you're gonna pay the rent, right? Lenders love owner occupants. Um, so if you have a company that's leased in space, look real closely at your lease versus purchase analysis at this point in time. You, know, you may find that there's good uh, location for your business and that's what's most important, not that you buy something, but it's a great place for your business. But if you can find the combination of a great place for your business and a great investment property for you personally, you know, look at that. You know, traditionally, uh, uh, you'll, you'll buy that in one entity uh, and you'll lease it to your company. So your company has the write-off on the lease. You're able to depreciate the property as an investment property. So whether it's office or industrial, that's a great opportunity to um, buy your own building for your own location. Let's look at um, retail. You know, retail has kind of been the last sector to improve. So I think that's why there's a lot of opportunity in retail. You know, retail has, you still see in some markets and some sub-markets and areas where you have challenging retail, where it's still vacant. And uh, you'll see some areas where uh, one property across the street is doing really well, and the one across the street from that one is not doing well. But some of that's management, some of that's access, some of that's anchored. So there are opportunities there. I think retail also can be some of the more challenging properties to own and manage because of all the complexities of how the tenants work together, how the leases work together, the access, and um, so therefore there's more opportunities. Another property sector that we're real active in at our shop is medical office buildings. You know, with baby boomers coming of age, more people needing health care, I think there's going to be more need for space. Uh, they're very stable tenants. Uh, you can get great returns on medical office buildings. They're usually slightly better returns, a little bit higher cap rates than regular office. So they certainly have opportunity. Some other property types quickly are self-storage. I like self-storage. Senior housing, I like senior housing, although it can be very complex. Make sure you know what you're doing there. Student housing, also more complex management, but a great opportunity to get in student housing properties. There's also some other specialty sectors that we'll talk about more in this show. And next, stay tuned. In the next segment, we're going to talk about single-tenant net lease properties, sometimes referred to as mailbox money, and I think are an opportunity really for, for any investor to diversify their portfolio. And I think there's a reason they might go up in value. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back.
Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Our topic today is investing in real estate. I'd like to talk next about single tenant net lease properties. Now these are great investment opportunities of various price range for institutional investors, for independent and private investors. Uh, they provide a lot of benefits. And first of all, they're considered very safe. They're typically very long-term leases. Uh, the, the initial leases might be 10, 15, 20 years, sometimes longer. Uh, occasionally they're shorter. They're typically uh, considered to be credit tenants. So these are tenants that uh, you don't, should not default on you. The default rate is extremely low on these triple net uh, leases that are high credit uh, national tenants. So yeah, a lot of people refer to single tenant net lease properties as mailbox money. If you're, to, if you're not familiar with them, to tell you briefly, uh, the leases are traditionally triple net, meaning that the tenant there takes care of all operating expenses, all maintenance, taxes, insurance, and the landlord just gets a check in the mail every month, and the landlord doesn't have to do anything. Therefore, it's a great investment opportunity if you're busy running your REIT or you're busy running your law office or whatever it is uh, to invest in single-tenant net lease properties. There's also not a lot of moving parts, so I think they're great for investors to get their arms around fairly quickly. You, know, you want to understand the market dynamics and the properties and how they all work when you invest in commercial real estate. And single-tenant, typically, you know, there's, there's one tenant. Um, the lease is fairly straightforward, tenant taking care of everything. Now there are devil in the details. You want to make sure you have a great tenant rep, uh, broker repping you that does single tenant net lease properties is what I recommend uh, to help you through the process. Um, but they're also, another benefit of single tenant net lease properties is they're very liquid. So if you called me today and said, Michael, I've got a national credit tenant, uh, single tenant net lease property, there's over five years left on the lease. Uh, how fast can you sell that? You know, I could sell that in a few days uh, and certainly could close it in two to three months. And uh, so uh, it's a very commercial real estate is typically not considered liquid, but I think single tenant net lease properties are the most liquid. There's investors that'll buy those from all over the world, all over the country. So therefore, because of the laws of supply and demand, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to sell those properties. The cap rates can be strong on single tenant net lease properties depending on how you look at it. So cap rates can range five to seven percent, uh, sometimes a little lower than five depending on the tenant, uh, a little higher than seven depending on the tenant. Uh, but uh, these are nice returns considering that you can also leverage it. So lenders really like single tenant net lease properties uh, to high credit tenants. So you'll have the benefit of the leverage on uh, the cap rate as well. So if you get a 7% cap rate property, you're financing it at 4%, you can get a, a, a return close to double digits uh, right off the bat when you're buying a property like this. Another benefit of single tenant net lease property investing is you can diversify your investments, right? So you can have different tenants. Uh, you can have different industries that you're investing in that are tenants. 
you can have various locations. So let's say that you like auto care companies. So you can have an auto parts uh, tenant, you can have a tire store tenant, and you can have them in different states. Um, you can have them in different uh, areas and different tenants in those industries. So it can be a great way to diversify. As far as price range, sometimes you'll see those properties very cheap. Sometimes they're as low as $700,000. Uh, if it's high credit tenant, in some cases you might be able to get into it as low as 10% down. So with 100K, you, you sometimes can get into single tenant and at least properties and own it severally. Own it by yourself. I always suggest to real estate investors, if you can afford and you have the expertise to and, and the time to understand the market, and you then buy some and you can afford it, buy it on your own. So you don't have to deal with sponsors and partners and all the things that, that can happen there. You know, buy it on your own. Because I'll have some investors come to me, hey, Michael, invest this 500000 or this million dollars in some sort of partnership or something. And, and when I can, I like to buy something just for them if that suits their needs. Another opportunity in single tenant net lease properties are local tenants or regional tenants that have good credit, but they're not considered national credit. So you might get a little higher cap rate. You might get an 8%. You might get a 9% or 7, 7%. And you're not paying as much for the real estate typically. So if you're, you could have more appreciation on the actual real estate when the tenant leaves 10, 15, 20 years from now. Another opportunity is sale leasebacks, where a company occupies their facility for their business and they sell it to an investor and they control that property on a long-term lease. There are benefits to the, the tenant to do this and there are certainly benefits as a single tenant net lease investor to buy these type properties. And brokers like us all around, the, all around the country are putting those deals together. We'll put a link to an article that I wrote about the lure of the sale leaseback on the show website so you can check that out. Well, stay with us next. We're going to talk about crowdfunding, great for sponsors and great for investors, and some tips to watch out for. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about investing in real estate. Next, let's talk about crowdfunding. You know, crowdfunding is incredible. It's been made available because of the Jobs Act, where people now can go online as an investor and, and online invest in commercial real estate projects with small amounts of money. It depends on the actual property and the website, but sometimes as low as $5,000, you can go online right now and invest in a large office tower, or shopping center, or something in your area or in another area of the country. Pretty amazing. Now, there's some things to watch out for. First of all, there's various types of crowdfunding sites. So there's crowdfunding sites that are just basically websites where sponsors are putting uh, their opportunities there and the website has no responsibility, hasn't checked them out whatsoever. There's other website, there's other uh, crowdfunding sites that have done more research on the sponsors and on the projects and, and they're available and you're dealing directly with the sponsor when you invest in them. 
then there's others that are acting as a kind of a senior partner on the crowdfunding part of the deal and you're investing with them so the crowdfunding site or company is actually the person that you deal with now some of the the sites uh, you know you can just uh, google commercial real estate crowdfunding and see some of the sites but but some are realty mogul is one that's been pretty active uh, fundrise a uh, new one called real connects uh, so check out these sites and you know as when you're investing online or it should be like you're investing anywhere pay attention to what you're doing right so you know if if five thousand or a hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money to, to you and you could go online and uh, do some uh, gambling and lose it and and smile as you walk away then great go online and invest in some of these deals but if five thousand or a hundred thousand or whatever is a lot of money to you and it is a lot of money uh, then pay attention to the market look at the property well do your due diligence on the sponsor first of all and and when I talk about the sponsors uh, the sponsors are the companies or investor that's investing in the property and then uh, the investors are investing with him. So the sponsor is important. They're controlling the shots. They're making the decisions. They're controlling the management and the tenants on the, on the property. So the sponsor is extremely important. I can tell you I've seen uh, people invest with sponsors who have just done extremely well because the sponsor does the right thing and knows what he's doing. I've seen people invest with sponsors that didn't pay attention to the asset and the deal did not go well so make sure you check out the sponsor as well as you can for the amount of money that you're investing also you can check out the individual property and you can check out the market and submarket the properties in and I would watch that very carefully because I've seen some crowdfunding sites that talk about properties and where they're located what's going around them and it's a bit salesy and uh, so, you know, if you're going to invest in them, if you can, go see the property or at least Google Earth it, right? Uh, and then look at the submarket. So brokers like us around the country, you know, we track uh, all these areas. So, you know, we know if it's apartments or multifamily or retail for the city it's in, for the market it's in, for the submarket it's in, what's going on in that market? You know, we can tell you what the trends are for vacancy what the trends are for rental rates you know so there's a lot of information that you can obtain and and brokers like us around the country can do that for you and and there'll, there'll be a fee involved but I would make sure that you do check out these properties in these areas before you invest in them another aspect about investing through crowdfunding with a sponsor is understand the exit strategy because like we talked about in an earlier segment on single tenant net lease properties that you own severally you know that's a very liquid asset you can sell that most any time you want unless there's very little term left on the the initial lease term uh, but uh, with these properties you're investing with a sponsor through crowdfunding or otherwise uh, you're subject to how long they're going to be in the deal and they may have a plan of how long they're going to be in the deal when they're going to sell but that also may adjust so make sure you realize that once you put the money in there it may not be very liquid it may be there until the sponsor decides to sell the property now let's talk about the sponsor side there's great opportunities in crowdfunding and I've seen some sponsors do well there's been some very large projects around the country that have been funded in part and in large parts in some cases through crowdfunding so it can be a great way for a sponsor that has a great track record who has an excellent property that they're buying 
to fund some of the financing. And some of these crowdfunding folks are very good at what they do. You know, talk to these crowdfunding firms, uh, get to know them, uh, understand how they work, uh, and, and make sure that you know the benefits as a sponsor of using crowdfunding for uh, funding part of your projects. If you're looking for a more liquid way to invest in, in commercial real estate, you know, investing in public REITs is another way to go. And investing in public REITs is interesting because you can get in and out of those really easily. Uh, the other thing that's interesting about them is they can fluctuate in value with the stock market. And the commercial underlying commercial real estate these REITs own has not changed. So I think investing in REITs can be a great way to diversify. And I would look at times when the, when the stock market has taken a dive uh, to explore REITs. And there's some way to check out the REITs and, and what they own and, and who their sponsors are to think about uh, who we're investing in. And of course, you can look at the history on a REIT and see how well it's performed. And of course, another way to invest with a sponsor is the old-fashioned way, right, where you know the sponsor uh, or you know them from your country club, that's right? That's how you used to be able to invest in these because they couldn't advertise for investors, and now they can. And you had to know a sponsor from your country club or wherever uh, that you can invest with. So, you know, that's a great way to do it, obviously, because that way you know the sponsor. Uh, you can talk to people who invested in them. And, you know, a lot of the benefits of investing with a sponsor is you are investing in their expertise that they know the market, that they're connected, that they know the brokers that can bring them the great deals. So look at all these ways to invest. Well, stay with us. Next, we're going to talk about some tips and best strategies for buying and selling commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Would you like to shake hands with decision makers in your favorite commercial real estate sector? Visit interfaceconferencegroup.com. For multifamily student and senior housing to net lease and healthcare conferences all over the country. Visit interfaceconferencegroup.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about investing in real estate. In fact, now we're going to talk about some tips and strategies for buying and selling commercial real estate. First of all, let's talk about buying. Some tips here are, one, get an idea of your risk tolerance right, and what your goals are. Also understand your appetite for involvement in the real estate investment so you can see what type of properties and situations that you should look at. Now, if you're going to buy a property on your own or with some partners and you're out looking for the properties, understand the property type, understand the sector. A good way to do that is listen to the sector shows on the Commercial Real Estate Show website or on iTunes. Get an idea of what's going on in the marketplace. And, uh, and then get to know the property types in the price range and class and areas that you're considering so that you know a good deal when you see it, right? And brokers like us around the country that specialize in the property types or the agents themselves, not the companies, wouldn't worry about the company specializing in the property type, but seek out agents who specialize in the sector in the area. They can help you with some market knowledge so that you, when you do see a good deal, you know it. Now, to develop that relationship with that agent, I would also prove to them that you have the ability to buy in whatever way you need to do that so that they understand uh, that you have the ability to pull the trigger uh, when an opportunity comes up. 
Uh, also, understand how you're going to do the management on the property. Are you hiring a third-party uh, management company? Uh, uh, do you know an agent that's going to help you with it if it's just leasing? Um, so see what your situation is there. Be open to off-market opportunities as well. So an off-market opportunity is a property that's not listed and has a call for offers date and kind of a bid process that an agent's handling. But an off-market opportunity is an agent brings you a deal that's not on the market. The seller says they'll sell it, and you may have the opportunity to negotiate on that deal uh, just severally between the two of you and one broker. In that situation, you may need to protect the agent, make sure they understand that you'll protect their reasonable fee, you'll keep the opportunity very quiet so that they understand you have the ability, you'll keep it quiet, and you'll protect their reasonable fee since it's not listed, uh, that way they'll bring you more opportunities. Some more buying tips include understanding acquisition financing. Find out the best sources available for the financing, understand the terms, understand the cost, and make sure that uh, you know the opportunities there. Another thing you want to do when you're acquiring a property is plan your exit strategy at acquisition. And, you know, things may change, but understand the capital improvements that you're going to put in the property, how long you think you're going to own it, and when you're going to sell it, and so that uh, you properly asset manage the property. And let's quickly talk about some exit strategy, disposition, or selling tips and strategies. One, understand the value of everything is impacted by the laws of supply and demand. So I would recommend using the right agent to sell a property. And I'd also like to know exactly what they're doing and compare it. You know, a big name may not necessarily bring you a big price, uh, but you also want somebody that's very experienced in the property type. So understand exactly how they're going to market the property. Another tip for selling is to not overprice a property. Obviously, you don't want to underprice it, but don't overprice it. You don't want to have to have one buyer beating on you to, to, to sell the property. You'd rather have several offers, several people interested in buying the property to create a little competition. Also, you want to look at what might make a buyer nervous, right? So look at the property, look at the leases, look at the income and expense records, see if there's things that jump out as a problem, especially with water, short terms on leases, challenges with the leases don't match the numbers. Try to clean all that up as much as you can uh, before you take the property to market. Also look at some cosmetic improvements that give a great first impression. You should also check to see if your broker is known for full cooperation and if they're sharing fees with other brokers to attract more buyer attention and demand. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. And join us next week. We're going to talk about Emerging Trends 2016, the ULI PWC report. Don't miss that until next week. Be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.